Chapter Eight of Armand Durand by Rosanna Le Croix. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. A happy man was Paul Durand when, installed once more in his comfortable home, he sat with pipe and tobacco before him, his fine manly son seated on either side, smiling Aunt Ratel already engaged in repairing their dilapidated wardrobes whilst he listened to the cheerful animated discussion going on so you are determined paul he said after listening to a violent diatribe from his youngest son against college life followed by an equally energetic eulogium of the happiness of a farmer's destiny so you are determined you will not return to college to complete the course unless compelled to do so you want to enter on a farmer's life at once yes father that is the free pleasant life for me no moping oneself to death in dingy office dungeons studying the learned professions no daubing my fingers with ink and stultifying my brains with thesis writing and note-taking for shame paul deprecated mrs ratelle you should not talk so after costing so much money at college and spending so long there you should have picked up by this time a little love for books and learning books almost shouted paul oh i've had enough of them to last my lifetime i don't think i'll ever open one again not at least till i am grey-headed and happen to be named school commissioner or church warden durand tranquilly smoked on these sentiments notwithstanding the considerable sums spent on the education on which the speaker evidently set such small store in no manner displeased him he had always secretly wished that one of his boys should succeed him in the old homestead and in the management of the large and well-kept farm of whose flourishing condition he was so justly proud the robust and stalwart pole was the one best suited by strength and tastes for the position well dieu merci interrupted mrs ratelle with an indignant jerk of her thread that both my nephews are not of the same way of thinking armand appreciates at least the advantages of education oh armand retorted pole sarcastically he is a genius or a bookworm whichever you choose i think one of them in a family is quite enough armand good-humouredly smiled but aunt francoise severely rejoined one of them is about as much as destiny seems to intend favouring our family with my young nephew for you certainly have no calling that way armand what do your thoughts point to interposed Durand well i suppose first to what paul would call a dingy office dungeon there i can dust the desks and stools while waiting to become judge or attorney-general you need not laugh armand in saying it gravely remarked mrs ratelle some of canada's greatest men have been sons of farmers and i think your chance is as good as another's thank god natural talent and steadiness often meet even in this wicked world with their just reward but i must see now to making some nice hot cakes for your suppers boys which farmer or judge you will equally enjoy that autumn saw armand installed in the office of joseph la Haise, an eminent lawyer of montreal a kind-hearted and benevolent man whilst paul 
rejoicing in his new freedom from college thraldom rose with the dawn each morning and shared his father's farm duties with a zest and enjoyment that greatly pleased the latter gun and fishing-rod were not neglected either and when durand sometimes saw him return after a half-day's keen sport and watched his athletic frame full of robust health evincing such capacities for keen enjoyment of life he thought with a sigh of his other son toiling over wearisome books in a close gloomy office and almost wished that armand had chosen otherwise let us see how fared it with the latter mr laise the lawyer with whom he studied was kind the study of law itself though dry was not exactly distasteful to him and his father liberal and indulgent gave him money enough to amply supply his wants which were in reality reasonable and moderate he lived with a respectable though humble family where no other boarders were taken and where the meals were comfortable and abundant the linen unexceptionable and mrs martel the hostess motherly and good-natured surely life was opening very easily and pleasantly for both brothers could it be that in those bright sunshiny waters there were already at least for one of them breakers ahead mrs martel had neither sister nor daughter to aid in dusting the quaint little delf ornaments decorating her mantelpiece nor in watering and clipping the geraniums and monthly roses that blossomed so luxuriantly in her bright but small-paned windows one afternoon however that armand returned to his boarding-house some weeks after he had taken up his residence there he perceived in passing through the front room to his own apartment a young girl seated near the window sewing she did not even raise her head when he entered and all he saw in the momentary glance he cast upon her was that she had a graceful figure and was exceedingly well dressed at supper however she was seated at table and mrs martel briefly introduced her as my cousin delima lorrain who is coming to stop here for a few days to help me with my sewing armand carelessly looked at her her features were delicately chiselled her jetty hair and eyes superb whilst her figure of slight but perfect symmetry was shown to all possible advantage by an elegance of dress more surprising in one of her station than even her great loveliness still when the meal was over he felt no wish to linger and betook himself without any mental effort to his little room and the dry society of potier and other legal luminaries several weeks had now elapsed and still delima remained with mrs martel but she was always busy with sewing and as quiet and unobtrusive as it was possible to be notwithstanding her great beauty her refined appearance and timid gentleness of manner armand gave her but a very small share of his thoughts probably because he had first met gertrude de beauvoir and she with her patrician grace and wayward fascinations had become unconsciously to himself the standard by which he judged all feminine attractions the reception of an invitation to an evening party at mr de courval's he little suspected the sturdy argument that had preceded the writing of it between his intended host and mrs de beauvoir 
filled him with mingled feelings of gratification and embarrassment after a struggle with his shyness he determined on going and lost no time in ordering from a competent tradesman whatever he might require for so important an occasion the evening at times as much dreaded as desired arrived and with a beating heart our hero entered for the first time a ballroom how bewildering the lights music and gaily dressed figures circling round in the dance at first appeared to him but after a time he grew more self-possessed and summoned courage to make his bow to mrs de beauvoir as gorgeous in costly raiment she reclined in a graceful position on a couch smiling on all with easy affability but giving herself very little trouble beyond that to entertain her guests her reception of young durand though cold was polite a circumstance due probably to a threat of gertrude's who hearing her mother declare she would receive this country protege of mr de courval's in a manner that would effectually prevent his returning a second time had therewith announced her intention of making amends for whatever slights or rudeness she should show him by flirting with the victim all the evening with this threat before her and the certainty of its being put in execution if provocation were given mrs de beauvoir we have said received her unwelcome guest civilly enough a few hearty words from mr de courval a smiling kindly bow from gertrude who doubly attractive in her light airy ball dress stood the unembarrassed centre of a circle of admirers and armand glided with a feeling of intense relief into a quiet corner near a side door nothing will induce me to leave this haven of refuge unless to make my escape into the passage if too hard pressed he mentally resolved as he took in all the advantages of his new position he farther proceeded to strengthen it by drawing towards him a small table piled with prints and illustrations in which to conceal his confusion if anything should occur to make it overpowering why how are you armand suddenly exclaimed a friendly voice at his elbow where have you been burrowing of late that i've never met you in mr laise's office in st vincent street not a bad place either taken all in all of course as you have by this time made up your mind to be either a judge or a statesman you must begin by the first step towards it well you'll do you are steady and you have brains two most important points in the career you have chosen and for the matter of that in any other and yourself belfond why i've almost gone through the professions i tried the law first oh it was intolerable dry dusty and barren then i had a shy at medicine but though i could stand the horrors of the dissecting-room and body-stealing i could not no for the life of me i could not endure the smell of the drugs a notary's bondage i have not tried for i have had enough of the law in every shape but there is time enough to make up my mind besides as my old bachelor uncle and godfather toussaint l'allemand has lately declared his intention of formally making me his heir provided i cut all useful or honest occupations such being in his opinion somewhat derogatory to a gentleman's dignity 
i will probably end by being nothing at all you will be able to do so if mr lelemont possesses half the wealth rumor credits him with true still i should like to try for a while an artist's career at least the travelling and sight-seeing part of it but i suppose uncle toussaint wouldn't hear of such a thing i say though you don't intend stopping here all night tis a capital corner with a nice cool draught but you have no right to monopolize it entirely ah miss gertrude is looking this way i suppose she will soon be bearing down on us how do you like her really i know her very little rejoined armand somewhat flurried by this abrupt questioning but she is very elegant and fascinating so do i not think she is clever and good-looking enough but with a terrible will of her own i have five sisters and i do not think i have seen as much temper and caprice exhibited between all of them since i left off pinafores as i have witnessed miss de beauvoir display on two or three different occasions but perhaps the fault lies more in the manner that odious mother of hers has brought her up than in herself in justice to the young lady thus censured belfond should have stated that his sisters were phlegmatic easy-tempered girls somewhat inclined to be stout and of a very different organization to the impulsive sensitive gertrude moreover they were happy in the rule of a mother who was as wise as she was devoted very gracefully miss de beauvoir floated up to the two young men and after a few words of friendly greeting to armand with whom she now spoke for the first time since his entrance playfully chided them for wasting so many words and moments on each other when there were young ladies present to whom they could devote both do you dance mr durand armand replied in the negative and belfond sauntered off saying that as he did so in a sort of a way he would now look up a partner miss de beauvoir remained some time longer chatting with her enraptured companion who the first few moments of intense embarrassment over felt much more at ease than he could have believed possible ten minutes previous the fact was though the young girl could be sarcastic and arrogant to a most disagreeable extent when provoked there was a frankness a natural simplicity about her that inspired confidence instead of repelling it probably finding her daughter's interview with armand too protracted mrs de beauvoir came up after a time politely inquiring why mr durand did not join the dancers i do not know how to dance madame rejoined armand relapsing into the state of confusion from which she had just emerged would he favor them with a song then again our hero protested his ignorance mentally thanking heaven he was able with a clear conscience to do so well you must take a hand at cards they want a player in the next room and she carried off the reluctant armand triumphing in having separated him so diplomatically from his fair companion he was soon seated at a whist table with belfond's eldest sister for his partner and she good-naturedly overlooked his many blunders never once reproaching him for trumping her tricks and resolutely ignoring her lead 
this forbearance he felt the more grateful for as the sharp-looking lady on his right mercilessly pounced upon her hapless partner a quiet middle-aged gentleman in spectacles every time he infringed in the slightest manner the most trifling rules of the game music and singing there was plenty of and gertrude and de montenay sang a couple of duets splendidly together both evidently quite indifferent to the applause they elicited then there were a couple of wretchedly bungled opera selections a good song from belfond who grumbled sotto voce oh bother on being asked to sing and a splendidly served supper there were no social round games so common then no forfeits or anything of that sort mrs de beauvoir being too fashionable to tolerate them yet on the whole the party went off pleasantly enough and armand who had enjoyed another long delightful talk with miss de beauvoir returned home quite charmed with his debut in gay life the timid advances he found himself forced to make to some of the ladies present were most graciously received for though he neither sang danced nor flirted his handsome face and refined appearance won him smiles and courteous looks on all sides End of chapter eight